podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK, featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Nation. Hello, this is Aaron the King Khalid, future K-Droyers welterweight champion. If you're into podcasts that talk about MMA and general MMA chit-chat, then Ace Podcast Nation is the one for you. Go on to YouTube, like and subscribe, and every Wednesday they do a Danny Batten fight talk show, which breaks down the cards previously to that week and future matchups following that fight show. So yeah, it's a great, great podcast. Like I said, like, subscribe and give it a listen. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 61, and uh, we'll be talking to our special guest. Plus, we'll, me and Danny will be discussing some of the latest news, predictions for next week's UFC, among other things. The uh, the show, as usual, video versions, youtube.com slash Nation, and the audio versions at all your usual podcast and radio platforms. But uh, as ever, joining me is, first of all, Former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Button. How goes it, my friend? Uh, you're right, uh, Sai and all right, Lynn. Um, yeah, I'm having a good week. Um, yeah, things have been going quite well of late. So, yeah, I'm in a good place. Yeah, I think our special guest just froze up a bit there, but he'll be back in a minute. Um, so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a weird one, mate. No UFC this week. And... Um, it is what it is, I guess. It's, uh, we roll with the punches, as it were. So we'll uh, we're gonna have a quick chat to, to Linton, talk about some uh, some of his experiences over the last year and his fights and stuff, and uh, and then we'll of course, with me and you, we'll have a little look at the next week's card and uh, some news stories from around the combat sports world. But um, just as we wait for Linton to come back, mate, what? Um, any sort of thoughts on the McGregor Poirier stuff after uh, in the week after, should I say? Yeah, um, obviously a lot of people are talking about it. Um, you know, regards my my friends and obviously on you know the media side of things, it's been spoken about a lot. Um, I just you know I, I always maintain, and I think you've pointed this out, how you know humble McGregor is in defeat, and he knew where he was going wrong. He knew his leg was be, you know becoming the issue. Um, but he doesn't take anything away from Poirier. No. Um, yeah, the, it, it just, to me, I think because he won with his hands, um, he, he was trying to search with his hands. But he, yeah. he has to remember, really, it's the fact that he was throwing those 
awkward kicks that last time out, but therefore made the hands land. I just, yeah, I just think he was over-focused on the hands too much and it made him stick in the mud, so to speak, with his base and his legs and it made his lead leg become a target. Yeah, I mean, we talked in the preview show, mate, didn't we, about um, how well he had set those those uh, shots up to finish the fight in the first fight, and he just sure. didn't do that in the second fight. But, uh, okay, so our special guest for this week is back uh, after he was frozen up. Uh, delighted to welcome Bellator MMA heavyweight, Mr. Linton Vassell. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you, boys. I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, good, okay. mate. Really been looking forward to this one. As soon as um, I said to Danny, like, just over Christmas that um, I'd been speaking to you on Instagram and that, and he was very excited to uh, to have you on and stuff, because I know he'd, he'd been saying about it for a while, like a year or something. He's gone, I'll get Linton on, I'll get Linton on, I'll get Linton on. And and then it just happened that, like, me and you started speaking, so I thought, oh, we'll just, we'll sort it out and get you on. And, uh, oh, perfect timing, really. Yeah, 100%, mate. So, what's... Um, What's lockdown been like for you? What's the last year been like for you? So for here, we closed over for about, about a month when, when it sort of hit us in March. The gym got tested, and then the people that had fights were allowed to train, and the people that obviously tested positive had to stay away, and, you know, once yeah. things had cleared up, get another test, and then, and then go back to the gym. But since April, the gym's been open, um, everyone's going to get ready for their fights. You know, properly rather than just, oh, there's a fight coming up and just trying to find a gym to train. So we'll, we'll be coming up to uh, gym post-up and, you know, get, get Good stuff. The, um, so have you got any, you've got a fight coming up soon or any fights lined up at the moment? No, well, better to are looking at uh, her April. Come back. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. If I had it my way, you know, I'll, I'll be fighting soon as soon as the car starts. <laughs> um, so let's hit April. I'm going to stay obviously in shape, and then when they give me the, the actual date, then I can step up a little bit. But it doesn't really stop there. It's more of a lifestyle. You know, here you just every day you go train in the morning, come home, you do a recovery in. Go to sleep for a few hours or so, which Danny knows I like to do. No, he always sleeps, this guy. He's like a bear. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, come on. Who doesn't like a nap, mate? Come on. And then, yeah, to... about six days a week. Yeah, I've got to say, it looks like the weather where you are is a lot better than where we are because um, I don't know about Danny, but it's been snowing all day today and where I am in yeah. Cardiff. It's miserable and cold. But, so um, what's back for? For ten days. Sweet. Yeah. Did um did you catch the Conor McGregor fight last week? I kind of interested I, in. Yes, I did. What I, did you think of that? I second what Danny said. Um, I think Conor came out strong. You know, he came out heavy with the hands. Come out fast with the hands. I was surprised he wasn't using his, his usual kicks. Mm. Like, some kicks to the, to the car, to the knee, he throws some present kicks and then body kicks. Um, he didn't throw none of them. I think he was just, again, as Danny says, trying to try knock them out. And I actually thought he had a busted lumber. And then, you know, I think Dustin went back to the corner and I think his team must have said, start throwing some leg kicks, mixing it up. 
seemed like Connor didn't have an answer for Nick, Nick Harkis. He didn't check them, um, and I think it sort of took him out of his rhythm. And then before you knew it, he sort of got stunned through a few punches, and that him was over. Yeah, it's tricky, you know. It's um, like Danny said earlier. If you go and if you go searching for something, and you're looking just for that one yeah. avenue of a finish, it can become almost like a detriment to you. Even though he was did, you know, he's got so much power in those hands. He's stunned him. He's stunned yeah. him a couple of times, and yeah. Dustin obviously recovered. And I and I feel like Dustin has got a lot better that first that first encounter. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think um, I saw like. Uh, who was it? Michael Chandler said he wanted was kind of assuming that he was going to fight uh, Dustin Poirier for the title, yeah. and Char- Charles Oliveira sort of put his hand up and basically said, "Hang on a minute, you've had one fight. I've been running through numerous people, so um, it'd be interesting where they go." He's looking dangerous, Charles is. Mm, yeah, great. he's bad, he's bad, what? bad man. Ferguson, I didn't expect that. Mm. Yeah, he's had a difficult, uh, he's had a real tough year, yeah. uh, Tony Ferguson. He's, that, um, what was it, which fight was it, Dan, where he got absolutely just smashed up for five rounds or three rounds? Oh, it was Gaethje, wasn't it? Yeah, was it Gaethje. Gaethje? Then he got, you know, equally dismantled by Charles, obviously. And, yeah, he's having a real difficult time in his career. Yeah. You know, for someone who was on top of the world fighting for the title against the unbeaten Khabib, and all of a sudden now really yeah. been knocked off his perch. Yeah, pretty much. And that fight fell through a couple of times. Yeah, yeah it did, yeah. They, um, the thing is with Ferguson, because of the way he fights as well, even throughout his hot streak and when he was winning, he was taking a lot of damage. And yeah. I think, like, as you get older, there's going to catch up with you, isn't it? Just the, that amount of damage to the head and face. Eventually, it's just going to catch up with you. I think... Um, I'd be quite interested to see Michael Chandler face McGregor, even though I don't think it's necessarily a good fight for McGregor to take next, because I think Conor needs a win now just to cement himself, a bit like he did with uh, when he fought Cowboy. That kind of just steadied any kind of questions about where he was with his focus or where he was going, etc. I feel like... Even though him and Chandler would be an incredible... You could just imagine them going toe-to-toe for three rounds, five rounds or whatever. But, but the thing is, you, you underestimate um, Chandler's ground game. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's so he's good, good wrestler. Thought, you know, if, if Chandler did get in trouble, he'll take him down and it would be an easy night. Um, yeah, so I, th- I, I, so I think... Chandler's ground game's like on, point, on point. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he was. I can't remember many people coming in to the UFC and having a that much of an impressive debut, but because normally they they like to build you up, and I think um, Michael Chandler said that in one of his interviews, yeah, they'll build you up with a few fights, but they chucked him in straight away yeah. with the, uh, the also, top end. If, if they did that, to see, you know, to be like, Bellator boys can't hang. Yeah, hang yeah, mm. I think so. I've never heard of you. Well, yeah, when they announced him, didn't they? They mentioned that he was um, a Bellator champion, which, like you say, never. Go on, mate. Yeah. They'll be like, um, former world champion. Yeah, yeah. You know? But they'll. 
the um, they say other other promotions, wouldn't they? They'll say like Cage Warriors, or they'll say yeah. sort of some of the South American ones. But they're very, I've, like you say, never heard them mention Bellator, which I just think is it's almost like a bit petty, you know, because at the end of the day, like Bellator is the, the second biggest promotion, certainly up there with any other. You know, it's bigger than any other promotion in the world. So to not mention it, it just seems a bit. A bit silly, which that kind of takes us in. We had a question sent in um, by Gas, and he said um, he wanted to get your guys' opinion on if uh, you think to do fighters have to conquer the UFC to be considered amongst the best in the world, or can they do so from other promotions without going to the UFC or with, without being in the UFC? Yeah, what do you think, Lind? Yeah, of course they can. Um, UFC is just a name, and obviously people just know that one because been out first. Mm. You know? um, look at Fedor, for instance. He never went, never went UFC. One of the biggest names, you know, in, in heavyweight division. Um, I just think it's it's more of a name, and people just look up to oh, a UFC fighter than anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Than actually being um, than being a world champion any promotion. Yeah, what do you think, Dan? Because I, I feel like, at the end of the day, if you, you're a world champion, you're a world champion, whatever the promotion may be. But ultimately, like, there's no getting away from it because of the the TV deals and the amount of money which UFC was sold for a couple of years ago. There's no denying that it's like this huge uh, juggernaut of a like a company which everyone in the world, even if you're not a MMA fan, you like people know what it is or who it is. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, don't, I think if, if you're going to become a world champion, whether it's on Cage Warriors, Bellator, um, or any of those world-class uh, promotions, you know, you're obviously getting yourself um, some form of, um, you know, respect and, and and insight to your level, and you know, to get to that level and win any world title on any of those shows is something big. But of course, UFC is being seen uh, as as the other one. It's the one with the most following. You know, it's just mm. a normal process, but. Do, do you have to have to have it? But, you know, maybe not. But for most people, they will be chasing that UFC. Um, but, yeah, I think it still be a great achievement to be a world champion on Bellator or Cage Warriors, as I was, um, yeah. and as Modestas has become. I mean, that's that's a great thing to have against your name uh, as a credential. But, yeah, there's obviously competition there in promotions, and, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, the world... Of fighting would be a boring place if it was only one promotion. Yeah. I think the f the thing what makes it interesting is you do get Bellator fighters come over to UFC, and then you also get UFC fighters that you know for whatever reason leaves UFC by choice, or you know it becomes their you know their next place of interest, and then you get to see um, how um, you know each of the promotions do against each other effectively in that way. I think it all just makes for interesting, you know. Interesting viewing for the fans at the end of the day. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah, um, percent. A couple of other questions, Linton. Just um, kind of just to get a bit of a feel for you, what you like, but also it's always interesting conversation. Uh, if you could fight any heavyweight, past or present, current, whatever, um, who would you like to uh, have a go at? Well, he's still around. We just spoke about him. It has to be Fedor, man. Like, again, yeah. big, big Love name. It. Big name. He's still contracted to, to Bellator. So, you know, for me, it's going to have to be Fedor. I fight heavyweight. That's... 
He's a heavyweight fighter. I heard he still has, I think, three to two fights left in his contract. So I feel like for me to get Vader on my record, on my resume, you know what I mean? That, that's one big achievement in itself. Again, he's a legend. Um, so that, that's, that's my pick. That's the one you got your eye on, then, as a mate. Um, and I've mentioned it a number, a number of times. Yeah, uh, I, feel like, I feel like yeah, it's it's it's, it's bound to happen at some point. You know, yeah, and talking yeah. of legends, you, you you had a fantastic win against that Sergey. Uh, I'm gonna butcher Garantano. his name here. Butcher his name, Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that guy. Uh, even today, is still classed as a devastating striker. You know, he's a real force to be reckoned with. But you really stamped him out. You really stamped him out. Now, was that a game plan to do that, or did it just fall well for you? And um, in hindsight, after the fight, was it a lot easier than you thought it was going to be? So, um, for the, I've been watching him for a while since he joined Bellator. I didn't know of him before, but I knew at some point I was going to go to heavyweight, and I'd, I'd watched him a couple of times. And even though he had devastating striking, I felt the people that he was that he was connecting with were people that were stationary. Mm. So I knew, as long as I was not there to be hit and able to do what I can do, take him down, wear him out and grind on him, I, I would get the win. So the game plan mm. was tire him out, make him miss, land my shots, get the takedown when necessary and, you know, um, get him up submission all ground and pound. Mm. So for the last probably seven weeks, eight weeks, that's all I was doing in training, yeah. right? Taking, taking them down, ground and pound, or I'll do a my back, and then we'll start the round that way. So I was working yeah, all, yeah. all different scenarios, um, and yeah, again, no disrespect. After the fight, it obviously always feels easier once you win. You of course, know? of course. Because you always, you always think of the worst scenarios leading up to the mm. fight, you know, and you always think of the worst things that happen. But obviously. When the fight happened, I didn't take much damage at all, and I was pretty much fresh to to, um, to fight another another time. Yeah, yeah, and of course you had another great win against that Ronnie Marks, and um, yeah. you know that was a pretty dominant performance. Yeah. Um, you know, would you say that's another fight that kind of went to plan? Yeah, again, and I, I knew he was a ground guy, and I'd I'd watched his fights, and the, the game plan for that was eventually we're going to go down to the ground. And mm. we're going to see who has the better ground game. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't don't give me credit for my ground game. Everyone's like, oh, he's a black belt, he's a black belt. It, I, didn't, I was not phased by that whatsoever. You know, I know, I know I've trained with black belts. Obviously, I've been under, under, under you for whoever knows long, 16 years, Danny. You talk mm-hmm. the ropes and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, knew, I knew coming with a gate game plan again, and I'll, I'll get the win. He was stronger than I thought. He was stronger than I thought. Um, but I just felt like my hips were heavy and I and I found I had the right game plan to stuff his takedowns and, and his and his um striking attempts as well. Yeah, yeah. I do find and I don't know whether you agree this, but I, I just find in the heavyweight division, you know, to be a, a Brazilian black belt is is great. A jiu jitsu black belt is, is a great credential to have. But you really don't have to be. I mean, like you say, you don't. You don't really train in a gi. You have done scathingly, but you just don't do it in any regularity whatsoever. 
and um, I know how good you ground this. Obviously, I've trained with you for many, many years, and I've seen you grapple with some big, really high-level black belts, and, and you really run through them. Um, I would suggest that you don't have a jiu-jitsu style at all. It's very, very much catch-orientated. Yeah. You know, obviously, a huge MMA influence, but it transfers over very well, well in just straight one-on-one, no-gi grappling. Um, and I think you've done it you know, ever so well with that. And, and and it was nice to see you, you know, dominate someone with a with a black belt with real credentials yeah. to showcase that hey, you know, you you can be just a pure nogi specialist. You don't have to be um, a jiu-jitsu specialist. Although I'll always maintain, I think BJJ has definitely got its place in training for um, MMA. It's a great way of improving your ground skills. It's just that obviously back from our era when we started, there wasn't a lot of BJJ was there, so it was not necessarily a natural process. Yeah. or progress for us to go through and um but you showcase definitely in your career how that you know there is ways around it and there is ways of becoming and staying relevant you know it's like british fighters really that we don't have the pedigree of wrestling um Ooh. over the americans and russians but now you know once you're aware of the takedowns you can avoid the ground and um, you don't have to be a devastating wrestler necessarily mma truly is a sport that's evolved into its own skill set and um yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I just can't wait to see you come over and, and, and train again. It's always great having you over. And, uh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, we always, I couldn't do it, obviously, for Christmas. No, we missed out last time. For four weeks and, you know, come and train with you guys. So that will happen again, obviously, while the pandemic has sort of um, calmed down again. But, yeah, I, yeah. I felt like my... Um, my ground game, yeah, definitely not a jiu-jitsu. It's, yeah, again, it's, it's more catch than anything and I feel like my my length and my pressure is, is enough that pe people can't can't you can't um don't intimidate you can't um no one else has that style that's that's the word I'm looking for. No one else has that style. You know? Yeah yeah well this is well, yeah you know, this think. is yeah I mean this is why you called the swarm. You know because you're... I came to the gym I was just picking someone's leg up and then bending it. I did. I, yeah. I had no skills. I had no skills, <laughs> but it worked for, for me. Yeah. Linton, um, like I said, I appreciate you giving us your time, mate, and I know you've got to go. But um, I was wondering if you could a couple of things. Really. I could ask you first of all. Um, obviously, you beat Karatanov, then you went on to beat Ronnie Marks. Yeah. You've mentioned that you've got your eyes on that fade or fight. Do you feel like if you were to get that fade or fight kind of next up? And you were to beat him, you've got to be right in the conversation for a for a better to a heavyweight title shot. With you'd be on a three fight win streak, and you'd have beaten Karatonov and Fedor. Is that something which you still got your eyes on eventually getting like a getting in there for the title picture? One hundred percent. That's 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 what I want. That's what I'm in this game for. I didn't come in this game just to be a number, but that world title. I've had two 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 title runs. Um, both at light heavyweight. Um, I would just say I was always so close, but light heavyweight was not was not for me. You know, I'd fight mm. it because I, I, I could make the weight. But when, when it when it came to it, I felt like I, I was just missing something. But at heavyweight, I feel like I got that. So mm. yeah, if I fight Fedor or whoever it is, I feel like I'll be next, regardless regardless who it is. I'll be next to fight that. Cool. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, actually two things. We had a question sent in 
So um, straight after I finished with this show, I'm recording or I'm doing a live uh, Royal Rumble preview show, which is a, a wrestling show. So, um, <laughs> so the the question which was sent in is uh, obviously Bobby Lashley is uh, is on that tonight, but um, he's also he, he had a few fights in Bellator. I think he might have been undefeated. Um, and there's also another kind of ex WWE guy in uh, Jake Hager who I think has been thing Like, how does that feel for someone like yourself who's been in the game since forever, and then you've got kind of guys coming over from WWE yeah. who are, you know, they're, they're not young guys. They're, I think they're like 37, 40 yeah. in terms of starting out their career. I know uh, Jake Hager's unbeaten since he's been in Bellator, but in my opinion... Don't want to put words in your mouth or Danny's mouth. In my opinion, he hasn't really uh, fought anyone of note or anyone who's you know right up there. Build him. They're trying to build him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, what do you? What's your opinion of those guys in terms of MMA and ability and stuff like that? I'm just I'm genuinely interested. Obviously, just what the opinion is of proper fighters, if you like, to come with these guys coming in with no disrespect yeah. to them. Yeah, no, getting no respect. Props to them. Like. From going from, again, wrestling, is, um, entertainment business, going into real fighting, you know, again, Brock Lesnar did it, and he did it well. Bobby Lashley's done it a bit, and he, he, he did pretty well in his career. And then Jake Hager, he did the back to It brings more eyes to us. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with them doing it. If I can get a fight with any of them, even better. More stuff on my well, you, you was you a massive wrestling fan, haven't you? You've always been yeah. really into it because you know, obviously, we go way back to when he first began. And yeah, um, one of my other students, Cliff Hall, that I'd been training for a good couple of years before yeah. Linton come along, he kept telling me about this Linton character and he kept saying, Oh my god, you know, sometimes we muck about in the garden, we call that <laughs> simulate a bit of WWE, and he throws everyone around. This guy's so powerful, I've got to get him training. And eventually, Linton did come training. And my God, sparring with him it was like doing a WWE. <laughs> was, you would try an old closed guard and he would pick you up and swing you around by your ankles yeah. and stuff like that. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd imagine you must be quite excited about having such characters come over to Bellator because, you know, yeah. as a child and, and still now, I take it, you've always been really interested in following it. I think yeah. once it's in your blood, something like that, you can't take it out and uh, you could end up fighting one. I, I still I still watch wrestling every now and then. Again, see Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. You know what I mean. So it, I mm. actually got a picture with Bobby Lashley when I saw him because mm. I was a bit starstruck. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I grew up he... watching it and I still watch it now. So hats off to them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing their thing. So mm. uh, anyone who can get in the shape that Bobby Lashley is in, aged yeah. forty-two or whatever yeah. he is. And, no, and that's the things he does, he's super athletic. Mm. Like, what what him in wrestling, the stuff he's doing, like the speed they move, it's incredible. Mm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, someone, someone like that size, what, eighteen, nineteen stone or something like that? Is that? How... Yeah, yeah, yeah like I that. think so. Yeah, something around that. Hi, man. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, to move, to be able to do those things, like people, um, people forget, like. 
uh, like the athletic ability that they have got and the danger they put themselves in as well. Obviously, very different. Um, very last question from me, uh, Linton, and I'll, I'll let you get upon your day in the uh, sunny US of A. But um, I wanted to talk to you about um, Ryan Bader. Obviously, yeah. uh, he was previously in the UFC, had a bit of like up and down time there, I think it's fair to say. Like he did all right, but then had a couple of losses. He's come over to Bellator. Um, and I think he's, it's fair to say he's done very well. Very well. Um, double champion. Yeah, yeah, man. He's a double champion. You fought him back on uh, Bellator 186 yeah. a few years ago. Like, um, were you surprised with how he was able to make that transition from UFC to Bellator and then obviously go on and become a double champion in the time that he has? Yes and no. Because again, he's always been a great athlete. He only lost to um, a few people himself. Mm. So it will never surprise that he came to Bellator and, and won the titles. Um, I was surprised um, when I when I thought again. Like I know he's a, he's a super athlete, and I, when I take people down, I usually get them. So I was super surprised he was able to reverse me twice. Um, so that did take, you know, a bit of confidence away from me. Um, and yeah, again, he's a super athlete, but I, I feel like in, in the second fight, it, it won't, it won't be like that. I've, I've, I've learned a lot from my mistakes. I've, I've grown as an athlete as well. And at heavyweight, I feel so much confident, so much healthier as well. So, you know, um, I'd love that rematch, but yeah, he's he done, he's done amazing and he's doing amazing, you know, um, in, in Bellator, so hats off to mm. Sounds like um, heavyweight is much more suited to you, like in terms yeah. of having, not just from fighting point of view, but just from a health and yeah. a lifestyle point of view as well. That, that, as Danny knows, cutting that weight is it's horrible. It's the worst thing. And as you get older, it really does get harder. Yeah. Um, where before I was cutting weight, I didn't really have to watch my diet. And then as I got older, I was watching my diet. And then I'd have to miss a meal. That mm. never, and I'd have to miss two meals. And I'd mm. stop drinking some water. And yeah, it got to the point where I really didn't have much more weight to cut, to lose. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ripped anyway. So it wasn't like I had a lot of water to lose. It was muscle I was losing. Yeah. Yeah, it just came to the point, you know, let's do heavyweight. Yeah, I think it's pretty natural, isn't it, for light heavyweights and also for middleweights also to go up as they get older. I mean, obviously in the boxing uh, industry, they have a lot more smaller steps as they go up their their weight brackets. But they end up up fighting at four or five different weights throughout a whole career. So um, obviously in MMA, there's a bigger stagger. But yeah, I just think it's a natural progression. You was always very, very big at the weight. Yeah. naturally and I think it was a matter of time as soon as you was hitting your you know approaching your mid-30s even and yeah. um, you could see you was just packing on more and more muscle and um, I always felt in my blood um, that it was a matter of time that you was going to have to move up to heavyweight and I think for most people with a lengthy career starting out at light heavy will progress to heavyweight at some point uh, but it's strange isn't it you get um, you've got so many lightweight fighters that then went down to featherweight and then went from featherweight down to bantamweight. There's quite a few mm-hmm. fighters that have done that as they get older, which is actually literally crazy. But um, some people just choose to do it the opposite way around. But for mostly for big guys, they do go up and get heavier. 
It's, it's, uh, but again, I feel so much better. I really do. Healthier, you know, yeah. I mean, no injuries. Good. You can train, train better as well, you know. Um, yeah. And you know what? It's actually going to bed on fight week and fight training day with a full belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the weighing day before and you go to bed. Because again, we've been there, Danny. I look rough, I'm cutting weight and I'm going to bed all tired and then waking up horrible. Now it's, it's yeah. different. Go to bed. Yeah. I've you can just focus, focus, right? Yeah. You can just focus. And it's so much better doing it that way then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wonder, just one final question that I'd like to ask you, really, is that, you know, obviously we've had a, an amazing time together, you know, uh, training, starting off your career. Yeah. And, um, and and for much of it, I've been able to be by your side, even though you went stateside. Okay, recent times are kind of a bit crazy at the minute. But, um, you know, obviously I've got other students moving on up and we've got Modestus Pekalkas that's moved up into UFC, that sort of training buddy of yours when you come back to UK. Obviously, people like him and Lucas Klinger, who's fought also in Bellator. These are all your training buddies when you come back over. Is there any words of advice for someone like Modestas who's now um, approaching his third fight in UFC? Obviously, he doesn't have the experience you have. Is there any kind of words of wisdom that you would say for him for his career? Um, um, I would just say, keep, keep doing you, man. Obviously, we have holes in our games. Well, you know, yeah. uh, I never lost... Um, two fights, let alone three. So you will have a little without basically like you want to retire. Are you are you good enough? You know, you're in you're in the UFC for a reason, you know. Um so I'll, I'll definitely say, you know, go back, work on a few little things, maybe write a list of the things you, you want to get better at and then and, and then go from there man. Again you do you're doing amazing. You know, um we all win and we all lose. It's all part of the game. Good words they are, mate. Good words. I like it. Um, Linton, mate, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate yeah, it. No worries. Um, you're fitting us in and finding some time. You're welcome back at any time, mate, obviously, um, to come and have a chat, talk yeah. some MMA. Well, so but, um, we, did, we did 32 minutes. Didn't even, didn't I know, that. man. It goes quick, <laughs> doesn't it? It goes real quick all the time. It goes yeah, real man. quick. Yeah, I'll come back on. Good, man. Um, keep in touch and uh, no, we'll nice speak, to you, Simon. speak to you soon. Yeah, man. Good to see you, Danny, as well. So, uh, yeah, now awesome to see you again, Lennon. No worries. Take it easy. Just you, mate. Another new name on the Danny Batten Fight Show. I love it. Love having all these different names. And I, I, I can also announce that uh, next week we are being joined with another uh, fighter from who's based in the US. Is not from the US. We'll be joined by a uh, UFC fighter. Arnold Allen next week, uh, Danny, which is wow. going to be another cracker, mate. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Also, uh, we got that, our that's, first female that's fighter coming up as well, which uh, is something that we had said at the start of the year we wanted to get some more female athletes on. And uh, not next week, but the week after, we have our first uh, first female guest or first female fighter guest. So uh, looking forward to it, mate. Some phenomenal stuff coming up over the next yeah. few weeks. Um, so we are having a slightly shorter show this week. Um, it's probably going to be around 45 to an hour just about because I've got that that live show and it worked out actually as it was quite well because there was no UFC last night or Bellator or anything. Linton did, gave us half hour so um, we're just going to have a quick chat mate really about some things, give our predictions for next week's uh, UFC and then uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll be back next week with 
with Arnold Allen, which I, I am very much looking forward to. Yeah, that's, um, that's fantastic. A couple of uh, there was one question which I didn't get to for Linter, but I I can put it to you um, and get your opinion from it. JD asked, uh, he said, in your opinion, who will be the next British champion in the UFC? Uh, and then he followed it up as second part, same question, but includes Cage Warriors, Bellator, whatever, like any other promotion. Who do you think is going to be the next British champion? Could be in yeah. 10 years' time, but who do you think it yeah, will be? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think right now Jack Shaw, I think, is going to be the next sort of standout, you know, uh, in my immediate mind. I, th- I think he's quite possibly going to be champion in the next couple of years. Do you I, think I, he I gets think... there before Leon Edwards, for instance? Um, well, that division is they, so difficult, mate, and the way yeah, you keep really messing him around. Yeah, it is a really difficult one, but um, uh, I just look, they, they've not treated Leon Edwards White in my mind. We spoke about it no. many, many times. I feel like they, they've really, you know, not given him the attention and the opportunities he deserves. Um, and that division is so mixed up, it's hard to predict on whether he's going to get that title shot at, at any immediate time, but you know. Um, in regards to the new blood coming through, because you know Leon Edwards has obviously been uh, relevant for quite a number of years, but regards to anyone new coming through who could stand a chance, I'd say Jack Shaw. Uh, I think he's just looking incredible. Looks, uh, really has. Still it's unbeaten. his all-round game as well, isn't it? Yeah, still unbeaten. No one seems to be able to come close to figuring out his game plan, which is becoming quite obvious. You know, he strikes a little bit, then he smothers in his wrestling. And he just mauls you on the ground, and you stand back up. He just drag you back down again. It's like an alligator dragging you underwater, you know. Rather than just eating you to death, he'll just slowly drown you. It's incredible watching him fight. It really is. And he's only ever going to get better at doing this. And he hasn't even developed his man athleticism yet and his man strength. For me, that's a scary, scary prospect. Yet it looks like he manhandles people who look physically stronger, which is just really complementary to what Richard Shaw's dad's doing to his technical game. You know, he's obviously got to be well positioned to be functionally strong. He seems to always be in optimum position because he doesn't seem to struggle uh, at all, even with guys that look really muscled, really athletic. He's outmaneuvering them in every sense of the word. So, yeah, that, that's that's who I think is going to be the next new standout regards uh, British fighters over in UFC. It's um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you mentioned, like, like he's so young still as well. Um, but, like, we've been, when we were doing all those retro reviews, um, which we'll, you know, we will go back to, we were looking at Jack's sort of rise and we were doing each fight um with it and like he just he did every fighter no matter if they had a size advantage or reach advantage he would just drag them down and then all of a sudden i think it was about six fights in we were watching along and he knocked someone out with his hands and you're thinking all right okay so he's got something else to his game as well it's not just you know drag them down wrestle them he's got a bit of uh, a bit of lightning in those hands as well so it will be real interesting to see how he develops. I think they've almost been a bit too uh, careful in building him up. Like when you think who they put Modestus in with, who they even who they put Mason Jones in with uh, like the other week, who was a very good fighter. Whereas I feel like with Jack, they've been a little bit more, uh, what's the word? I guess not careful, but like just precise with who they've put him in. That's not to say that the fighters he's been in with are not good fighters. But I'm waiting for him to get that big name um, and really make a statement for himself to move up towards yeah, that yeah. sort of rankings. Um, 
yeah, you, you get your shot in UFC. Some people get harder, you know, selections of fights in their debut and so on than over others. Sometimes mm. I think it's a, a, a little point of that's just the way it is sort of thing. I think when you're fighting UFC, you've got to be prepared to fight anyone any level. Yeah. And, um, uh, and by the way, I do just... think I think Mason Jones will be right up there for um, in terms of title pitches. Yeah, I like do. I that, know he you know, lost but... his unbeaten streak, but yeah, yeah. So you know, he, he's just got to reset himself. There. So that's just going to put him a little step behind, I think, Jack Shaw in, in terms of trying to you know push towards getting into relevancy yeah. for a title. Do you think Jack Shaw is obviously ahead? Of him in that front, um, but yeah, and regards to anyone else with a stand up, I'll have to, you know, I can't not mention Georgian Fasenic, yeah. my own student of mine. I, I just think, you know, he's going to become the next Cage Warriors champion and very quickly move on to UFC and start making impacts there as well. Um, you know, it's all going to come to light in March, yeah, 100%, mate. Um, not a great deal going on in terms of news uh, this week. Uh, but although one thing we have got is um, Ben Askren looks like he's going to be having a boxing fight with a uh, boxing match with uh, Jake Paul, which uh, is very interesting. Ben Askren, obviously uh, an NCAA wrestling champion, a, a real standout wrestler, um, did very well in Japan and other promotions. Came over to the UFC, it didn't go to plan um, and didn't quite look the same after he got knocked out by Masvidal. But in terms of wrestling, he was you know, as probably one of the best in the world at any given time. So what do you think about him fighting Jake Paul in a boxing match? Do you think as a combat athlete we should still expect him to quite comfortably beat Jake Paul? Or do you think because, but you know... Jake, uh, sorry, Ben Askren's speciality or very preferred discipline is not necessarily his striking. So, is it going to be a, perhaps a closer fight than what we'd expect? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. It's, it's an eight. It's not... an eight. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. It's an eight-round uh, yeah. pro. But it is professional fight. It's eight rounds. Uh, takes place on April the seventeenth. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, th this is not. This is not going to be easy on, on either front. It's going to be so hard to predict what happens, to be honest. Um, ben Askren, as you know, is not known for his striking whatsoever. Um, you know, he's not, not shown any true pedigree of striking capabilities, really, in, in the MMA. So he's not a great striker by any stretch. Um, the thing is with Jake Paul, he's got so much money at his disposal. He's probably training yeah. with top, top guys. He's probably he's training still... with Floyd Mayweather or something Exactly. Um, he, you know, he's, you know, I think he's got considerably younger, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So he's got a lot of things going in his favour, actually. Um, it's just not the greatest representative of the MMA community to meet in a, in a boxing arena. But, you know, Ben Askren, you know, he, he's an athlete nevertheless, and I'm sure he'll be getting the right type of people around him to try to, you know, make him prepared for such a bout. But the, the worry is, obviously, if Jay Paul defeats Ben Askren, it's going to almost like he or he'll definitely be pushing it that he's got one over on the MMA community yeah. in some form or fashion and he's going to make more noises to fight someone else in which case well he wants that Conor McGregor fight yeah he'll he? call that Conor McGregor and I well I just don't <laughs> well Conor McGregor will put him out I, I really believe that. oh god you would knock I'd like regardless of whether you think Conor McGregor might be on the, the decline or he's not as good as he as people say you know all the things that get thrown at Conor McGregor there's no way Jake Paul is withstanding that left hand from Conor no. McGregor more than 
you know, if he connects with it, it's game over. But I, um, you know, look, I'll be real interested to see how it goes. I will watch it. Um, we will discuss it. We'll cover it. Um, it says uh, they're going to have 10-ounce gloves. Um, uh, 20 by 20 ring. It's going to be a professional boxing match. Um, it is on the card. It will be full of... Uh, it'll be filled up of past and present names of boxing as well as social media celebrities and MMA fighters featuring uh, competing in boxing matches which will all be revealed in the coming weeks so in my opinion uh, Logan Paul will probably fight on this card as well so I'll be interested who he fights because my kind of thing with that is if look if I was making these pay-per-views um, and I like money, I do, uh, I would put Logan Paul and Jake Paul on separate pay-per-views because their fans alone who buy that pay-per-view will make make you millions. Yeah. And I think exactly. it's a mistake to put them both on both on the same card. However, because I feel like Jake Paul versus Ben Askren is quite a big deal, because Ben Askren's a, a, quite a big name, isn't it? He's not like... Um, so, uh, Jake Paul fought... Nate Robinson in his last fight, who was a former baseball player, I think. Like to me, in the UK, and you know, I didn't. I knew Jake Paul more than I knew who Nate Robinson was. Whereas Ben Askren, I think, is much more well known. So I think, whilst it's not necessarily a, it's not on the level of like a Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor, for, for instance. It is. I think it is up there, isn't it? In in terms of name value, so it'll be interesting. But um, Jake Paul said he wants to beat a couple of MMA guys in boxing, and then his plan is to get the Conor McGregor fight. I think, and I will be now, 31st January, it's my son's, my youngest son's birthday tomorrow, I say that uh, Conor McGregor versus Jake Paul, or Logan Paul, one or the other, will happen uh, in a boxing ring in the next two to three years. Because ultimately, if Jake Paul wins a couple of boxing matches... In the next year or two, that Conor McGregor could—it's like an easy hundred million for him. Like, uh, he's not going—he's not going to uh, take the same amount of damage that he did, or he could have done, should I say, against uh, Mayweather. It could be all over in a couple of rounds. Hundred million in your back pocket. Why wouldn't you do it? Ultimately, exactly. I'll and by then, you've got to remember, Conor McGregor is going to be like right towards the end of his fighting career by then as well. In two sure. years, he's going to be, you know, he's got aged another couple of years. So, be interesting, mate. Um, right, let's finish off then. Predictions for next week. A couple of good yep. fights. Um, we've got. Uh, oh, I like this one. Light hate a lightweight bout between Diego Ferreira and Benil Darush. Really like that fight. I think that's going to be very uh, entertaining. I enjoy watching Diego Ferreira. Even he's seventeen and two. Uh, Brazil versus Iran, which would be interesting uh, because Benil Darush, he's ranked thirteen and Ferreira's ranked ten. But Benil Darush, um, I think, is one of those fighters who's not necessarily that consistent. In terms, you don't always know which version of him is going to turn up. Um, yeah. On his day, he's very capable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you, uh, who who you got? I, I'm going to go with Ferreira on that one. Yeah, I think uh, Ferreira too. I, th- I just think he's t- a bit tidier all round. Mm. Yeah, he's. Uh, I really like Ferreira. He's ranked ten, and I think 
if he can get a comprehensive victory or a convincing victory, um, you know, he's going to be looking to fight someone in that top five ultimately. Sure. And try and go, you know, towards the title picture. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go through every fight. Uh, we've got a good flyweight bite on there, uh, bout on there. It's uh, Alexandra Pantura versus Manuel Cape. Um, yes. I'm not particularly familiar with Cape, but uh, the last time we watched uh, Alexander the Cannibal Pantore, who's ranked number five, he was scintillating. Yeah, yeah, he he's very very good, and yeah, my money would be on him to get that victory. Although you know, Cape Cape is good. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be no pushover. Did we, you know, did we did watch Cape, didn't I mean, we? We, we have watched seen him fight yeah, somewhere. I can't remember yeah, who he, he fought. He's, he's definitely good, definitely good. But they are, they seem to be at that weight. They seem so heavily skilled. So They're quick, so fast, they? aren't they? Um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's who I've got my money on. I stick for that. Yeah, I, I like um, Pantura. I really enjoy watching it. I got I, I can't. Um, the page is not loading. I was trying to have a look at uh, Manuel Capes' record. Um, what else we got? We got a good women's match, but I'm not going to go through that because I'm not really familiar with either girls. So uh, we got a bantamweight bout between Corey Sandhagen and Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar said this week that he feels if he can beat uh, Sandhagen convincingly, he should be in the title picture, which I think is true. Like, uh, yeah, Sandhag- Sandhagen's ranks two, Edgar's ranked fourth. Who you got in this bantamweight division bout? I, I find it very hard to bet against Corey Sandhagen. He just looks so rangy and so, so sharp. Um, I just don't know whether Edgar's going to be able to get in and push close. So, for me, Frank Edgar, it, it's not going to be about cardio or anything, because I know Frank Edgar's got bags of that, but so is Sandhagen. But for me, Frank Edgar's going to have to push close and try and make relevancy of his wrestling. He's going to have to try and get hold of this lad. And I just don't think he's got the capabilities to keep pushing deep and close to get Sandhagen down and control him enough. Because certainly on the outside, I think Sandhagen's just going to pick him apart with punches and kicks and that footwork of his. Yeah. Yeah, so I just have a quick look at um, Edgar. He, he beat Pedro Munez in his last bout, which I think was a... He beat him by decision. But that's a big... You know, that's quite a big name to beat. Obviously, that's off the the back of your losing a decision to Holloway back in 2019. So he had a big, uh, big gap between fights because he lost to Holloway. Uh, in July 2019, was scheduled to fight uh, Young in December 2019. That fight didn't happen, and then he didn't fight until the August of last year against Pedro Munez. So he's he's had a bit of a gap in between fights. Um, it'd be I just don't see. I just think Corey Sandhagen has been so impressive. I can't. I just uh, gonna have a quick look, see how active he was last year. But Edgar on his day. Is uh, good. Pedro Munez is no uh, no mug by any means, and uh, he beat him. So, yeah, so Sandhagen fought Pe- uh, pa- uh, uh, Marais last October, uh, won via TKO. He did lose to Aljamain Sterling uh, via submission in June of last year. But look, there's no uh, there's no disgrace in that. You know, Aljamain oh, Sterling's not. up the top of that division for a reason. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I think Sandhagen's got is more likely to beat that because I look at some of the people he's beaten in the last couple of years. Batista, he's beaten Lineker, uh, 
he lost to Alderman Sterling, beat Pe uh, Pedro Moraes. So yeah, I just I think it'll be a good fight though. I gotta say, I think it'll be a good close fight. Uh, and then the main event, mate, is Alistair Overeem versus Andre Alexander Volkov. I think we did discuss this a little bit last week. We have. Um, yeah. But go on. Who do you think? Who have you, has your opinion changed? No, no, no I'm going to stick with Overeem. For me, Overeem's just well more, better rounded. Obviously, he's not a young man anymore. He's really got a lot of miles on his clock in terms of how many fights he's had and how much cage time that he's put in over the years. Um, but Volkov, equally, oh, he's had a lot, of, a lot of fights over the years as well. And Volkov, to me, has got the strike, uh, striking advantage because he's taller, rangier, mm. um, and, and probably got a better chin. You know, lost less mileage on his chin than Overeem. And Overeem has shown some vulnerability to being hit and knocked out. So I think um, Overeem will just use his striking to set up his timing ready to enter for a takedown. And Volkov's looked vulnerable, you know, to being taken down and, and not looking great on the ground. Um, and I, Overeem, I really rate him on the ground. He's a really, really accomplished grappler. Um, I think he'd be too much for Volkov on the ground and probably will win either by ground a pound or a submission. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, it's going to be a good one. I'm going to go with Volkov. Uh, ironically, kind of for similar reasons to what you think Overeem will, because they are quite, they got some quite similar skill sets. But um, I'm going to go with Volkov for the sake of yep. uh, our little competition, um, and that brings us to a close this week, mate. A nice short, sharp show with special guest. Uh, obviously, next week, like I mentioned, we have got UFC competitor uh, Arnold Allen joining us. We'll also be discussing the Overeem Volkov card and the latest news, among other things. But um, as ever, mate, I thank you for your time. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's nice. One. A bit different this week, but yeah, that's okay. We can switch it up a bit every now and then. Why not? Yeah, why not, mate? That's it, mate. Uh, it's enjoyable nonetheless. And um, I encourage people to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Click the bell and you'll get a notification every time we upload a new video or go live. Um, but in the meantime, we'll be back next week, next Wednesday, 8 o'clock, the Danny Batten Fight Show. I thank you all. You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK, featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Nation. Sports Social Podcast Network.